this isn't going to be just any look at the bees. You've heard Sunday Scape before. You've heard different hockey shows before, but you haven't heard one like this because this week, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get comprehensive. In depth. We're going to take a hard-hitting, comprehensive look at the bees. We've laced them up already, and we're ready to go here on a Sunday morning. Pete Blackburn, Joe McDonald, Matt Loper. What's up, everybody? PJ? How are you? Matt's waving, so Matt has answered the question with a resounding yes. Uh, Bruins win last night in Dallas. I think the big takeaway is that Brad Marchand tried to kiss Patrick Eves. Yeah, that was the biggest. That was the best moment of the game for sure. If there's anything that you could take, you're wondering where the Bruins are at in the season. It's it's up and down, and I think that we we got our answer last night. They're they're a silly, scrappy bunch who goes out there and and kisses the other players. I'll try anything once. Marchand. So when right? did Marchand say that? I it, meant to look that up. It was two seasons ago. And it was was it after he tried to kiss a player? It was, uh, if I my memory serves me correctly, there was a story or reports out there about whether or not um, there would be a current gay athlete. Oh, was that was what it was during? I'm almost positive. Oh, and sh- and I think because he has tried to like, I will, kiss yeah. players before, yeah, or mocked that, right? But I believe that the time where he made that comment was. Uh, there was a big story about whether or not a, you know a current professional athlete and talking about it in the room, like yeah, would, yeah. Would hockey players accept a, an openly gay athlete. Yeah. And again, we'll have to go back and check it, but that's when he made that line in the middle. You know, at the end of a scrum, he said, "I'll try anything once." He winked and he walked away. Yeah, well, I I knew that he'd said that, and I mean. He's made that. He's made like a kissing gesture at players all the time. But like, I, if rem- you- I remember in the uh, when they had behind the B, there was a mo- uh, a moment where like the referee came over to the bench and was like, he's been blowing kisses at the opponents all night, <laughs> and he was like, one time, it was just one time. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's so like that's seriously a move of his. But last night he uh, it what you didn't wasn't blowing kisses. He like legitimately he was trying to kiss Patrick Eves. That's awesome. Uh, and Eves like. Shoved him away at the last second. But he had a smile on his face. If you go back and look at the replay. Eves? He, yeah, he yeah. smiled. So like After the fact, he was probably thinking, what is this clown doing? Well, what? what <laughs> it's awesome. I know someone tweeted back at you, Pete. Cause, so uh, we'll throw the – you can go on the live chat, by the way, com. I'm already in there. I usually forget to get on the computer until like 8 o'clock. But I'm in there. Pete's in there. Joey Max in there, I'm sure, maybe. I'm trying to get um, on. We'll throw the uh, we'll throw the the gif. Pete has the gif of uh, of Martian trying to to kiss Eves, and then he also made a vine uh, with the sixpence none the richer smash hit from the early two thousands called "Kiss Me." Um, what? Yeah, someone respond to you, Pete, saying like you he would. Would that be like the first sexual harassment yeah. suspension in any? <laughs> there are multiple people who responded to me. Obviously, because it's Marshand. If it was anybody else, I actually think that that would would be the case, right? Would they would they have to suspend him? Imagine that if he kissed them, right? Like you, you, you can't go up to somebody in the workplace <laughs> and just kiss them. <laughs> like you uh, can hit him between the legs with a stick. All you night can long. you can whack him in the penis all you want, Stop but but by <laughs> by no means can you kiss a player. Um, should we? Uh, should we get to Fred already? Wow, Fred's Fr- wow. Fred's Fred's called in. We actually have a few callers. Um, Let's we, jump right in. Yeah, we have we have uh, Fred, we have Ari, we have Vince. But for now, we're gonna get to to Fred. Fred, what's up, my friend? Morning, guys. Morning. Morning, Fred. PJ, Joe, Peter. Hey, yeah. Uh, One out of three ain't bad. 
I gotta apologize to you. Yes, I love it. I mean, uh, it, 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 for my Trumpism last week, I'm so sorry. Would you? Oh, you call me a loser? Uh, I was watching the uh, debate, you know, after the game the night, and I saw Trump, and I saw, you know, I, I just it, it came out. I'm sorry. Uh, I am deeply sorry. Wait, wait, for what? For what? He's when apologizing you... for supporting for Trump. Loser. Oh, I no, 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 yeah, like, I, I know that he made a, a Trump comment a, a while back, but, yeah, Skinny, just... Skinny Minnie and Reverend Mike, they'd never get up this early for me. Thank you. Yeah, well, no, hey, Sunday, That this is why I come in. I like to talk to you, Fred, and uh, people have called me far worse than a loser, so, so bless you for apologizing for that. Hey, I want to talk about those slow and old Bruins team. Oh, man, are they terrible, huh? Hey. <laughs> I told you this team could play, could play with people. Uh, come on. And, uh, Marshawn, that's just an European thing. You know, Canada's close to Europe. It's, uh, you know, kids. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. But uh, this team can't skate. This, this, uh, oh, Shower looked old last night, didn't he? Huh? Wait, are you being, so you're being, you're kidding, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> You know I look at this team with uh, black and gold glasses. Okay, and, because yeah. I mean, people had been – Char had been catching heat. He wasn't playing great of late, but he wasn't terrible. And no, he wasn't terrible. And guess what? Last, I mean, last still, night he was one of the best players on the ice, obviously. Yeah, he's still a, a plus player playing every night against the best of the best. Don't use plus minus. What's that? <laughs> don't use plus minus. Oh, Fred, but, Fred, you I can you can use plus minus all you want. <laughs> Anyways, so um, I, the other thing I want to do is uh, the, the team up in Montreal. Which ones? <laughs> oh, the one that wears the CH. Nice. Do you know what the H stands for, Fred? Yeah, Catholic hockey. That's what, to, that's what I used to tell my mother when I was real young, so I could stay up and watch hockey. You, that's not bad. Well, the, the the H actually does stand for hockey. That's the that's a habitant. So everyone thinks it stands for habitants. Yeah. It doesn't. It the, the C the jersey means club de hockey, hockey. or duh whatever. Not a duh. not as French as I used to be. Anyways, uh, Subban. Yep. Really. Uh, well, yeah. Okay, Patrick Roy. Yeah. Okay. Let's 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 have let's have. Are you saying are they going to Patrick Roy, PK Subban? Well, excuse me. Are you are you asking if they're going to Patrick Roy, PK Subban, which is trade a guy when they really don't need to? Yes. Not gonna happen. It, 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 no, it, no way. Never gonna happen. <laughs> That's what they said about Patrick Roy, right? I know. I love Canada. I hate the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> These people lose their minds. Hey, wouldn't it be nice to see? Uh, I'd take it. No, so I mean, I've it. actually, so people have said, uh, some some people on the Twitter sphere have said, like, where could he go if they traded him? Wouldn't he be great if, wouldn't it be great if the Oilers got him? Because the Oilers certainly have the need and the assets and the, the space. And I'm like, no, I don't want P.K. Subban to play for anybody but the Canadians. He should play his entire career in Montreal. Because a, I want him to be part of this rivalry, and he's certainly not going to be the on the other side of it. And b, I mean, he means too much to that city, to that franchise. I know they whine about him, but they wound they they were whining about him in 2011-12 when they hit that or when they regressed, and 
They didn't trade him then, and then they saw him win the Norris. About how the Montreal Canadiens fans feel? Really? Yeah. TJ, now now I'm getting close to calling it the word again out to you. (laughs) Oh, boy. Really? I don't care about Montreal. I like the city. Look, there are some whack jobs fans in Montreal, but... Fred, and you, I know that, that with you not being one of them, you won't agree with this. There are also some whack job Bruins fans. No, never. <laughs> I haven't come across one, actually. You're right. You're, you're talking to one. Anyway. <laughs> hey. Hey. This, this team, all right, what you saw last night is this team. They came out. They, they wanted to put a statement on the end of this, end of this road trip. And they allowed three first-period goals. Uh, and that that loser goalie, Tuca, huh? Wasn't he bad? Ah, the lot in three person. That, yeah, um, what was the fir- the one that the, the go- goalie interference? What, what happened to the that? The Roussel one? Yeah. So I know that the letter of the law says that should, that should not have been a goal. That should have been overturned, clearly, based Correct. on the letter of the law. But I hate the letter of the law. I think that in that case, and we can talk about this a little later on the show, yeah, he interfered with him and he got his leg in the paint and everything, but Tuca was still square to the puck and he was still, like, he wasn't playing it with, he wasn't trying to make the save with his left leg or he wasn't using his left leg to get in better position to save that puck. Uh, See, I I disagree with you there. I disagree with you there only because, only because, He's going to his right. Mm-hmm. It's all about balance. Mm-hmm. Okay, you need both legs to be balanced. Yeah. And he gets his leg, left leg kicked out a bit. You know, you lose your momentum going over there. So it, it impeded his ability. Maybe to, it's because to, he to was. Make that stop. Maybe it's because he was already in good enough position to make the save that I'm a little thrown. But I mean, he was. He was for me, for me, I don't, I don't like the, the ticky tack review it, stuff. I don't like when they review uh, if it's offsides by like a. Corpuscle of a fraction of a millimeter. That's offside. Sorry. I I know, but I I hate it. I just think that with no, scoring down, everyone I, wants I, new, everyone I wants to make the nets. But you live by him. What's that? Okay. Unbelievable. He he got interfered with last night. Fred, I don't live by any rules. Let me tell you, I'm a uh, I live a rock and roll lifestyle. So I don't know this whole it, rules DJ. business. Hey guys, have a great morning. Love you, Take Fred. Care. Talk to you later. Thanks, Fred. Bye bye. Fred was fired up. I we love should it. let. So I know that some. I wonder some, what time Fred wakes up at. <laughs> That's a good question. He doesn't wake up. I was going to say that the question is what time Fred goes to sleep. But nine oh one. I know that some shows uh, or stations, I should say, frown upon like, oh, you called into an earlier show, you can't call in today. We should let Fred call in like for each hour of Sunday Skate. <laughs> we already got Matt's looking at me with. The That's new- not a good idea. <laughs> Like, what if we came back for the next segment and we're like, all right, Fred's in New Hampshire. What's up, Fred? And just, you know, people, if people hear that call, they didn't hear the first one. The, the, this, we're, we're during, the, we're in the midst of the, the kind of no man's land block. So, uh, so God bless you, Fred, for calling in and. And apologize. Apologize. I couldn't even understand. Pete and I were trying to figure out what, what things. What could he possibly be apologizing? Well, he's always so sarcastic that it's tough to figure out what he's talking about. He is, like, I also he's... thought that, like. He was, I thought he was apologizing about Trump, which is way more, which he has more right to apologize for <laughs> right, than calling yeah. you a loser because yes. he was kind of spot on with that one. We, I would, I would require more of an apology for the Trump thing. But who did he say? What did he say about Trump? He said uh, Trump and somebody else. 
he he suggested someone should be his running mate. I forget who. It was somebody ridiculous. Oh yeah, no, I don't remember, but it was somebody also ridiculous. I just remember he, yeah, he said like Trump and whoever for president, and we were both like, yeah, might as well say that. <laughs> uh, that's <laughs> that's on par. With oh, uh, the... Trump and Jerry Springer. That's what it was. Yes, it was Jerry Springer, which I didn't get that. That uh, is there a connection between Trump and Jerry Springer? Has one supported Sp- the other? No, I don't think so. But Jerry Springer is a former politician. A Cleveland mayor, right? Is that what it was? Something like that. Yeah, I think it was a mayor of Cleveland or something. Really? Cincinnati, I think. Yeah. I didn't like know that. any of this. Somewhere in Ohio. Really? I'll be Sandusky. damned. Well, we'll get it. Get it, Fred. Knowing <laughs> that, knowing all that political stuff. Uh, might as well touch on one of the things that Fred said. Uh, uh, Matt, you mentioned that he was being super sarcastic. When he said, like, Tuca, that bum, allowed three goals, like, he did allow three first-period goals. So I didn't know if he was saying Tuca had a bad game or not. Tuca actually was pretty good last night. Um, They needed a huge third period. When they had that one-goal lead going into the third period, it was like, okay, so this will be the grandest fashion in which they lose to a Western Conference playoff team. They went to that game 1-8-0 against Western Conference playoff teams. They hadn't beaten a playoff team since, like, just before Christmas, right? December 18th. December 18th. And it wasn't like they weren't playing that many playoff teams. They'd lost like six or seven games against playoff teams. And even Eastern Conference playoff teams, which they still, they're still 10-5-0 against Eastern Conference playoff teams. So despite them kind of being fine against these bozos in the East, they hadn't beaten them in a long time. But that would have been the grandest fashion in which they lost uh, one of these games against the playoff team. And I... I was sure they were going to do it. I was. I'd be kind of interested to go back and look to see how many unanswered goals the Bruins have scored this season because it's. It honestly seems like every time they score, they get scored on like thirty seconds within later. a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. and the yeah, the, and that almost happened last night when they finally took the lead. I can't remember. Uh, it was like the ensuing faceoff. Dallas came down and and Tuka made like this unbelievable. Yeah, save. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like here we go. They finally get the lead and boom, they're going to tie it again. Can't remember who had the shot, but uh, yeah, was it Ben or was I? Am I confusing that with earlier? In, in no, well, I'm, no, Ben was and that, Ben was right before the goal. It was after the Morrow turnover. Right, yeah, right. which Joe Morrow also getting back in the lineup. You guys want to talk about that? Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven. Well, they got Colin Miller twiddling his thumbs in Providence. We'll see how much longer that goes on, but yeah, Trotman's out of the lineup. Might as well throw Morrow in there on the second power play unit. He actually looked pretty good on that second unit, and that unit scored moving the puck well. Two goals, right? right. Yeah, it scored right. the Bolesky goal and the, the Martian goal. goal. So power play has woken back up. Um, but yeah, on on that game last night, that would have been a disastrous way to underscore everyone's biggest concerns about the Bruins because they came back from the two goal deficit. Uh, Martian scores his second of the game, and you're thinking, I think it was Kevin Paul DuPont had this tweet, uh, like, is this going to be one of those nights where Marchand is the only Bruins forward that you notice? And maybe just because of how they've fared in these types of games, I was uh, I was pessimistic that the the score was going to remain the way it was for the next period. But to their credit, they did something that they used to do all the time, which was they take a lead into the third period, and then instead of playing a close game the rest of the way, they just add to it and blow teams out, right? That was like the hallmark of the, the certainly the 2011-12 Bruins. Since you started covering the team. 
No, well, is this, so I was the year before. I was 2010-11, right. as you may recall, because you oh, used absolutely. to used to hate me because Never. I got to cover an interesting team. In well, my... that yeah, that I did. Yeah, that's true. But it was we were talking about how you know the Bruins come uh, come back against you know one of the best teams in the league, especially uh, you know certainly in the Western Conference. And early this week, you know Scott Burnside from ESPN he he does his uh, his weekly Hockey Today podcast and mm-hmm. and he you know he switches it up on who who does the podcast with him. And I was on with him and, and Craig Cussins this week, and we were talking about the Dallas Stars. And my take right away was Tyler Sagan will never win another Stanley Cup. Why is that? Certainly won't do it with the Stars. And, of course, Stars, <laughs> Stars fans are all over me, as they usually are. And it was great. You know, it was a, it was a great week from hearing from Dallas Stars fans. But And we talked about just just this season, going into the playoffs. And, yes, they are the most – Offensive-minded team in the league, one of the most offensive-minded teams, and yes, they can score. They want trade chances, and it's unbelievable. But defensively, they just—I can't see the Dallas Stars holding up in the postseason from a defensive standpoint. And last night was a perfect example of that. The Boston Bruins were able to come back and what to score those what five unanswered goals, six unanswered, six, six, yeah. un, six unanswered goals, and they just there was no response hmm. from the Stars. So which. What teams were we seeing last night? Were we seeing the real Boston Bruins team? Or were we seeing what the Dallas Stars will be come the playoffs? I think it's a, that's a good point that you raise. It's a combination of both because you would think that the Bruins wouldn't be able to hang with the Stars because the Stars are so up-tempo and they're so fast. and uh, Not to mention hang seven on them. Right. And <laughs> hang seven on them without Ryan Spooner. I thought that the Spooner loss last night, which Spooner missed the game. He was under the weather. It's the first game he missed all season. Um, trivia question. I, I tweeted this last night, so maybe you guys know. Who's the only Bruin to play in every game this season? Sides? Nope, but that's a good that's a good guess. Good guess, but wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, he missed uh he was out very early in early in the season. Louis Erickson? Louis Erickson. Oh yeah. Cha ching. Warrior. Go. Um anyway, I thought that, that not having Ryan Spooner in that game would be something of a, a loss because when you're trading chances, that's what Spooner loves to do like he's you can ask him about when he when he played in the top six role when Krejci was out he likes being against skilled guys who are more likely to trade chances with him than to try to shut him down defensively because with a lot of offensive minded guys they're like as long as I can score not to go to plus minus but like as long as I can get more chances than I give up and as long as I can score more than I give up which I'm confident I can do and Ryan Spooner is a confident guy then that's fine so without Spooner I thought that was going to be a big loss but Jonas Kampainen centering the third line third line that third line you know who was matched up against Sagan Sagan's line they matched up Kampainen and Chara with Kevin Miller which this is going to be a this is going to be a quiet show for Pete because Nothing bad to say about Kevin Miller last night, shutting down Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan with Zdeno Chara and scoring a goal. I will be the first to admit I did not see that coming. But his yeah. goal was hilarious. His goal was hilarious because it was he got it on net. I think Billy Jaffe was was the one Knuckle who said it. it. Basically, like it was like skipping a rock across a pond. It was. Kevin Miller got that sneaky skill you guys don't know about. <laughs> Puck uh, was on edge. He got it on net. Right, and the best part about it was. People couldn't tell how it went in or how it changed direction. And watching it live, I was like, did did Jonas Kampanen just tip that puck brilliantly? 
And then you see the replay, and it's like, oh, no, it's just, a, just Kevin Miller scoring, which either of those two scenarios, not quite you would expect. But, uh, yeah, uh, to the credit of guys like Kampainen, to the credit of Chara and Kevin Miller. How, they, much, how much ice time do you think Chara got last night? Do you know? Uh, off the top of my head? Yes. No. Take a guess. Um, 20... 26 minutes. Ooh, good guess. 25-11. Ah, that against, was so I wouldn't against the Dallas Stars. Yeah. That that I I can't win in the showcase because of that because I went over. <laughs> oh, you went over. Yeah, I was going to say I like, gave it to both you and Pete to see right. who takes home the RV. He would have said like one second and then he would have won <laughs> because I was over. Um but uh but yeah, uh the 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 Stars I think could still make some noise in the the playoffs. I would like oh, for them to add defensively, um, which is why if the Bruins were to have been sellers, which we'll discuss uh, in the coming blocks, what the Bruins should do at the traded line. If the Bruins were to have been clear cut sellers, I wouldn't have hated it just from a standpoint of seeing a new team out West contend to see if the, the Stars would be able to try to get their hands on Chara. That would be something of a game-changer for them because that would obviously beef them up on the back end. But, yeah, I, I, I go back and forth on whether or not the, the Stars will make any sort of real noise in the po- postseason or whether it's going to still be the the Kings and the Ducks and the, the Blackhawks who, who do anything in the West. Yeah, they have to be. And you look at... You go back and you look at a, a season ago with the, <clears throat> excuse me, with the with the Blues. The Blues were one of the best teams in the league the mm-hmm. entire season, and they lost in the first round to the Minnesota Wild. So I just think that the Stars, as talented as they are, that yeah, they could probably win a round a round or two, but get them to you know a Western Conference Final or the Finals. I just don't think they have the defensive. Ability. I mean, yes, they have they have some good defensemen on that team, but just from a, a pure defensive standpoint, it's just I don't think they can s- sustain a, a deep run in the playoffs because opposing teams are going to be all over them, just like the Bruins were last night. There are a couple of teams out west that kind of have that stigma attached to them where they're great in the regular season and then can't do crap in the playoffs. Mm. Uh, you got the Sharks, uh, the Blues, and now I think – Kind of Dallas is kind of creeping into that territory. Good point. Um, and so all of those teams could really use a good playoff run this year, but the the West is so good that it's going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. You know, and you would think not to make this a you know a Western Conference you know discussion right now, but it's the first know, hour, Joe. We could do we whatever we right. want. All right, let's see who's not coming back. No, but if St. Louis is if you know they get in and they're one and done. You're going to think Hitchcock is going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's absolutely going. I thought he was going to be going last year. Okay? So you figure Chicago's going to get in. Uh, you know, L.A.'s been playing great. Anaheim's been playing great. You know, I'm with Pete. San Jose just, Joe Thornton will never win a Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> he, he will never win a Stanley Cup. Dallas, uh, you know, Tyler Sagan, eh, he might have a chance, even though I don't think he will. Joe Thornton will not. But. Boy, Tyler Sagan, that contract – you can't say hashtag advantage Shirelli because he traded the contract before it began, but that gives the stars if they if they spend their money wisely and they've got Sagan for as much of a bargain as he is, I want to say he's five seven five for like three more years. They've got the space, and I know they've they've spent a bit in free agency over the years. They gave Hemsky the 
I think four million a year, which isn't great, but it's fine. They paid for Oduya this summer, but that Sagan contract, kind of like uh, the Islanders with Tavares, when you have a game-changing player on good money, also, I mean, the, the Bruins, Patrice Bergeron's making six point eight million dollars a year. If he's a free agent right now, what does he get? Ten. So easily. So if you have good players on really good contracts, then I can't close the window on building a championship team around them. I think the stars are getting there, but I just don't know if the the trading chances types of teams are yet there for, or if the NHL is there yet for those types of teams to win and contend for Stanley Cups regularly. I mean, look at the Blackhawks. Everyone says, oh, well, they're more offensive-minded than the than the Bruins. Yeah, well, the the Blackhawks are the perfect team. The only hole they have, hole, I'm doing this in air quotes, is goaltender. But they have a really, I mean, Crawford's a good to really good goaltender. Especially for that team. Yeah. When you're talking about the Stars being a trading chances team, should have better goaltending if you want to be a if you want to be that kind of team. They yeah. actually have better goaltending. Yeah. <laughs> Their goaltending has improved and they're still yeah. in the situation that they're in. Yeah. That's why I mean that's why I, I go back to Tuca with the Bruins this season. What what a mess of crap this team would be if they didn't have him. Um all right, we're gonna hit our first break. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven Call in. We see you, Maria. We see you, Roman. Uh, we will get to you guys uh, coming up. 617-779-7937. You can also jump into the live chat. It's Sunday Skate on WEI. I want to talk about the slow and old Bruins team. Oh, man, are they terrible, huh? Morning, guys. PJ, Joe, Peter. Oof. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, especially the way that we, we ended this road trip, being coming home 4-2 and instead of 3-3 is, is a big change. And, and uh, we, we have a few really big games coming up and uh, schedule's not getting any easier. So we uh, have to realize um, how we played this game tonight and uh, the type of game we played and, and uh, try to carry that into each and every game. And if we do that, then we're going to be a pretty good team. Church is popping off on a Sunday morning. That's that... I almost swore. That's that stuff I like, Maddie. Ooh. Such a Grammy snub. Grammys were Monday. My favorite album last Church. year. Pete's favorite album, his number one of last year, and their name was never uttered. They were not nominated. Them, Run the Jewels, both snubbed. Carly hey, Rae Jepsen. Carly Rae Jepsen. Great <laughs> out. No, that so... That's yeah, the I, typical I, I, response right, I get. Right. But... But basically... All, Carly Rae Jepsen Fire they, Jam yeah, they brought they like roped in all of the like the hot up and coming producers mm. to just like put their best work into a Carly Rae Jepsen album and the album is sick so this song I can hear I can picture Kretschy kind of listening to oh it. yeah I <laughs> bet that I bet that Kretschy loves churches um yeah Go Taylor on, Swift won over uh one album of the year over <laughs> Kendrick Lamar, get out of here with that. Um, if you want to check out the Brunch podcast that Pete and I do, 
We had Lena Waithe from Master of None. If you guys have seen that show, uh, she plays Denise, and she is basically the realist, the, the coolest person in the world. And we talked about Kendrick Lamar versus Taylor Swift for like a long time, and that was amazing. So if you want to check out the Brunch podcast, it's at Listen to Brunch on Twitter, and uh, or you can just if you follow me or Pete, we tweet about it every five seconds. So uh, yeah, back to the Bruins. And Sunday Skate, 617-779-7937. You can call in or you can jump into the live chat on weei.com. Uh, you go to weei.com on the left there. You'll see a little thing that says that you can go into the live chat. So click that and do it. We're, uh, we're posting the gifts. We're, we're, we're saying all sorts of funny stuff. Talking about Louie. Yes. Contract talks. Yes. You, uh, you can text in... Uh, at what's the text number, Matt? Three seven nine three seven. Don't text in. I don't like to to tell people to text in because they text mean things. Such as someone in the six zero three says the worst radio. I can't take it anymore. Good God! But someone in the seven eight one brings up an interesting point that we can discuss, which is uh, the Bruins are so up and down. Nothing has changed after a solid win in Dallas. This team is flawed and should sell. I agree, 781, the team is flawed. I don't think that – I won't even go around the, the table here to, to ask your opinions on that because I think that we all know the team is flawed. There's a difference between the team is flawed and should sell and the team is flawed because guess who, guess who else is flawed? Everybody else in the Eastern Conference except for the Capitals. And you can you can make the argument that oh the Capitals once again is that what you're going to say? <laughs> I was going to say well they're floored in the sense that what have they done in the postseason? Well, I I can't disagree with that because the track record is there. They get to the playoffs right. and and they lose. I think that this this has to be the year that they get to the playoffs and do some damage because the road is so easy for them that. They I mean, it's the Capitals and everybody else for me. They have certainly bought in with Barry Trotz. He's done an unbelievable job in yep. Washington. He's got Ovechkin playing, you know, the best hockey, you know, team-wise, you mm-hmm. know, his career. You know, and then you got Braden Holpe. And, you know, holy Jesus. I mean, he's playing unbelievable. You know, Backstrom's playing. You know, he's having an unbelievable season. I mean, you can go up and down that lineup. Uh, and it, it's a good point. I mean, if you look at the Eastern Conference, you would have to think that the Capitals, you know, are the front runners to contend for us to reach the Stanley Cup Finals. But especially this time of year, we talk about all the time, the parity in the league. And it doesn't matter where you finish. It doesn't. And we've talked about this in the past. All you have to do is get in. So are the Bruins floored? Yeah, the, the Bruins are floored, you know, especially defensively in, in some aspects. But if you have Tuca playing, you know, at his best, you know, Chara is Chara. And, you know, in, who knows what this team can do, you know, in the, in the playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. but you, playoffs. <laughs> You know, but you'd have to believe that if they can get in, you know, they have a chance to for a deep run. Yeah, it's uh, and that's why you can't. After watching last night's game, everybody's gonna be like, "Oh, see, they got you know they beat the stars." There's no way that they. Whereas should sell. after what was it after the Nashville game, game, everyone was like, "See, sell, sell." <laughs> sell. And I'll admit that I'm kind of guilty of this, but because I, I I've swayed with the wind a bit over the course of the season too. I've generally leaned towards. Not liking the idea of a soft rebuild, um, Pete. I know that you agree with that. You've you've been pretty vocal about that. But also, but the the more I watch the rest of the league now, and again, this makes me kind of a flip flopper. 
if there's any climate in which you can try a soft rebuild, this actually might be it because maybe you can quote unquote contend while you're doing this like half in half out type of thing. Like who's going to run you over between now and the capitals in the meantime, if you stay as is, if you don't trade Louis Erickson, who's going to, who's going to crush you in the playoffs? Is Tampa going to kick your ass in the playoffs? I don't think so. Is Florida going to kick your ass in the playoffs? Hell to the no. Is Detroit going to kick your ass in the playoffs? No. <laughs> like a week ago, you put five up against them without Patrice Bergeron and with Chara having a pretty bad game, it was still six to five. Like you hung in there against this team when you were certainly not at your best. So I'm just. I'm sorry, and I, I keep saying this. It's not. I'm not commending the Bruins. I'm not puffing out my chest for the sake of the Bruins and saying, this is the team that should be feared. See, they can beat the Panthers. They can beat the Lightning. I'm not saying that because the Bruins are particularly good. I'm saying that because these other teams kind of blow. So if there's any climate, if there's any season in which you can say, you know what, we are going to try to do this kind of I don't want to say lack of direction, but lack of clear we're going for it versus we're rebuilding. So what do you do with it, Louis? So so it comes down to what do you do with Louis before a week from tomorrow? So I'll tell you, I've been flip-flopping. You know where I am right now on Louis? Let us know. High dollars, short well, years, sign him. That's what I said. I'm signed Louis. Like if, if that's the deal they give him, you keep Louis because he makes you a better team in, over the – I would say like three years. If that's the deal they give him, he makes you a better team for the next three years. So would but you if do? You're, but yeah, absolutely. But if you're going to give him a fi- if you're going to give him a five or six year deal, I I would say trade him. The thing is, Louis would Louis doesn't want a short term deal. He wants a long term deal. But that's the Bruins are wants. the Bruins are willing to pony up the dough though. They they will give him the money as long as it isn't a super long term deal. And who knows? Maybe maybe I don't want to say cave, but maybe the the Bruins say, all right, well. We'll meet you halfway on term or something, and they give him something like a, a four-year deal, um, the, something like that. The X factor there, and we've talked about it before, is that you have Marshan coming up yes. next summer, two summers from now. Right. He's going to get a big-time contract if he stays in Boston, okay, and, which I still think he's not going to be here. But so they have Don Sweeney and ownership, they have to have that in mind. They have to know, okay – this window right now is closing, and Louie's a big part of this team right now, and will be if the, we if we can get to the if this is the Bruins if we can get to the playoffs. So what do you do? Do you just let him play out the year and and let him walk during the summer, or because he's going to want a big time contract? The other part of that is is the Marshawn situation. I mean that that has a huge effect on what they do and what they decide to do with Louis Erickson. Well, here's what I do if I'm the Bruins, and I don't know if uh, Erickson's agent. Uh, w- I think I think we've brought this up. So Erickson's agent is J.P. Barry, who is a monster of an agent. He's one of the quote unquote super agents in the NHL. Represents uh, among others Dougie Hamilton. Uh, also represents David Pasternak. So if <laughs> if if this Erickson thing ends ugly, then maybe that'll be. One to to watch because that'll be that'll be two in a row for for the Bruins and uh, and uh, big name uh, Barry clients. So uh, anyway, we'll see if if Erickson would do this. But 
maybe the Bruins can convince him, like, look, as the cap continues to go up, by the time you would finish a three-year deal, you'd still be able to get $6 million a year on a deal after that. You'd still be able to get a two-year deal for $6 million a year or something. But it's so guaranteed, take, right, but so, that's the yeah. problem. So what but happens? But that's why if- you give him bigger dollars now. That's why you give him $6.5, 7000000 million a year for three years, which you can be able to afford if you want right now. I mean, you are you got to give Marshand a, a huge raise after next season, as you mentioned. Don't sleep on Spooner as well. Spooner's up at the end of next year, and he's making less than a million dollars a year. So he's going to be making, what, at least at least four on his? I was going to say three, five, maybe yeah. four. Imagine uh, if Bruins went three, seven on Louis and his uh, – annual cap hit was more than Patrice Bergeron, people would lose their minds. So that's a thing that has come up on Twitter. I think that um, you and I were involved in a back and forth with a with a, a reader, follower, whatever, and he brought that up. Um, you, you, oh, you put out the tweet of, uh, what's her name, Mona Lisa? Uh, it, no, uh, what's her face's... Um, John Ralphio's sister. What's her oh, name? Oh, right. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't know her name, but yeah. Yeah, uh, Jen, is it Jenny Slate? Is that the actress? Her character, or whatever. But he put a, he put out a gif after uh, Martian scored his thirtieth of her uh, doing the money please thing, and uh, we were going back and forth on uh, how much does he get, blah blah, and I said, well, pr- probably something like seven and a half million or something, and. The follower responded and said, no way. The, the, no way he gets Bergeron money. Which but, I don't understand what, what that means. Because right. So Bergeron's, Bergeron money isn't even Bergeron money. Yes, exactly. Bergeron money, as we said before, is like $10 million <laughs> a year. Fortunately, hashtag advantage Shirelli, Bergeron money for the Bruins is $6.8 million, which, again, is a steal of all steals. But people get this thing in their heads where they look at the – they. I feel like they – measure cap hits by them like rating a player on a one to 10 scale or something. So they like, they look at Chara and they go, Oh, it's $7 million for Chara was way too much money. And it was like, no, he was the, the fifth highest paid defenseman in the NHL when he was the best defenseman in the NHL. So even though that's a big number, that wasn't, that wasn't too much money. And they look at Bergeron's cap hit and they say, okay, Bergeron makes 6.8, so he's a $6.8 million player, which means that Marchand is probably a $5 million player. Erickson's a $4 million player. Uh, Tuca's a $5 million player. And it's like, no. You look at the cap. You look at what percentage of the cap great players get, and you adjust accordingly. Bergeron being on a steal of a contract should not be held against Brad Marchand. And spoiler alert, it's not going to be held against Brad Marchand Unless Brad Marchand is the sweetheart of all sweethearts and a real, real team player, uh, I don't think he's going to say, I shouldn't be paid more than Patrice Bergeron. I think he's going to say, I should be paid more than Bobby Ryan. Because know who's a lot better than Bobby Ryan? Me. (laughs) Right, this guy. (laughs) What has two thumbs and is better than Bobby Ryan? This guy. So he's going to get paid. And you know what? He's... That'll mean that he's getting paid more than Tuka Rask as well. It'll mean he's getting paid more than David Krejci. I mean, he would be the highest paid uh, player in Bruins history. And the landscape has changed, obviously, so much through the the sports, you know, 
atmosphere, environment, you know, however you want to talk about it at order of eight on a Sunday morning. But, um, you know, years ago when, you know, Harry Sinden was, was running the Bruins and you had Ray Bork and Cam Neely and those guys, uh, I mean, I would have to go back and look at the numbers, but, you know, no one ever made more than, than Ray Bork. Yeah. You know, and his thing was, yeah, I'm going to be a Bruin for the rest of my career and unless we don't win the Stanley Cup and then I get traded to a team that will win the Stanley Cup. But <clears throat> that was – that was the benchmark, and Ray Bork was happy with where he was. Yeah. And Patrice Bergeron kind of took a page out of that and said, yeah, I want to spend my entire career with the Bruins, so I am going to take that you know, that hometown discount, and he, I, he's obviously still making good money. Right. But, and he he's got... not, but he's not making the money he could if he was on the open market. Right. You know, it, but now it's changed because those types of players, like Ray Bork back in the day could have said, look, give Cam Neely whatever he wants. You know, but the Bruins weren't going to do it back then. Now you have a guy like Patrice Bergeron, Tuka Rask. They're going to say to man, upper management, to ownership, look, give Martian whatever he's worth, give it to him because we want to win. And we know that this group is what can win with this core together. Didn't, so, Manny, used to say, didn't Manny say that he would, uh, if it was allowed, which obviously it wasn't, this is probably why he said it, didn't Manny say that he would – like give the Red Sox money towards Pedro Martinez's exactly. next contract. But that was just like, hey, I'll do that. That's right. like Tom Brady trying to do it a couple of years ago. You know, where he, he keeps said, doing it, and then they yeah. never keep those right. players. No, I'm, re- I'm restructuring my contract. It's right. Like, you know, Major League Baseball that would never happen. And same thing with the NHLPA. The NHLPA is now getting to a point where they can they'll say to players, well, no, we don't want you taking hometown discounts because it totally changes the market. And we want a guy like Brad Marchand to say, look, yeah, I, I want $7.5 million because that means a Bobby Ryan, you know, a player like that next time up can say, well, look, look what the market value is. Brad Marchand's making 7.5. This is what I want to make. So the NHLPA, I think, it te- would, would tell players, look, don't go for that hometown discount. But I think in, in, a, in a case with, like, Patrice Bergeron, I think that's a little different, and we've seen that. Um, but – Louis Erickson's going to want term. Brad Marchand's going to want a big-time paycheck. And I think those are very those are two factors right now that Don Sweeney, Charlie Jacobs, Jeremy Jacobs, Ken Neely are trying to figure out right now. It's like, what type of team are we from February 29th on? We get to your calls next. Your thoughts on the future of the Bruins and the trade deadline, 617-779-7937. We see you lined up there. We see you, Maria, Tommy, Chucky, Phil. Lil, Angelica, we'll get to your calls next. Sunday Skate. Ooh, now this is a little more Josie. I like it. Nice job, Maddie. Awesome tune so far, Matt. Did you know... They uh, went to RISD in Providence? Did they? Yeah, Talking Heads. I did not know. They they were formed at RISD. To be honest, I didn't even know the Talking Heads were American. They went to RISD. Wow. What a bozo, DJ. I hate when like little gaps in my music knowledge or any sort of pop culture knowledge are exposed. Dropping that on you. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. Um, I could be totally wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So Matt played Church's last block, and it was very well received because Church's are dope. Uh, When we first started the show, um, whoever was putting together the open said... Is there any type of music that you would want? Back when they acted like, like, oh, DJ, like you have some sort of input. Uh, 
And I was like, yeah. And I sent along some church's song. I forget what it was, but it was off of the bones of what you believe. And everyone was like, no, dude, no, you're not. We're not doing this like girly electronic stuff. And I was like, why not? So we have what we have. It's a great open. I'm still not crazy about the uh, the order, but whatever. Um, the live chat, Pete, is popping off, huh? There's like a thousand people in there. Yeah, it's way better than it's been all uh, all year so far. So no yeah. get in there. No, no Actually, made... that's not true. You got made fun of for your pronunciation of Floored. Oh, yeah. Flawed, flawed which uh, was, uh, sounded uh, really? like Floored. I could, see that, I could see that coming. <laughs> um, yeah, there are... Lots of lots of good Louis Erickson talk in there. Uh, there was some discussion last night about uh, whether or not the fight, the Adam McQuaid fight, altered momentum of the game. It absolutely I think, did. I think my uh, my dear friend Matt Kalman, who we still can't figure out if he's allowed to come on this show because he does some stuff for CBS Boston, which is the other guy's website. So I don't think he can come on, but maybe he can. Who knows? Um, I don't think he would want to, <laughs> but he's still sleeping. Uh, Matt was actually on with uh, with my buddy Mike on Comcast this past week, and he was awesome. So this is my this is my endorsement for for Calman to be on Comcast more because he was. It's always good to get new people on with Felger so they can kind of laugh off Felger's takes because when I'm on with him a bit, so. Whenever we're on, we just go straight to arguing with each other. But when they put Matt on with him, Matt was kind of fresh to it. So when Mike would say his crazy things, Matt was like very genuine in his reactions of being like, okay, I'm talking to a crazy person here. <laughs> um, so anyway, Matt Kalman had the uh, the best reaction to that the whole fight take, which was, yes, Adam McQuaid's fight inspired Kevin Miller's shot to take the craziest bounce anyone's ever seen. So, yeah. No, but in uh, nothing against Matt, you know, because it's go not, go for it. No, just get but, in there. But I have th- some things against Matt. But do you? Is, no, no. <laughs> but this is not, not just Matt's comment. But I'm saying, you know, people in general who say, you know, fighting should not be in the game. And and dupes dupes is we all know dupes is all against, you know, fighting in the game. But they're down a couple goals. They need this win. Who knows where their season's going? This guy just came back from a concussion, missed a boatload of games, drops the gloves, gets into a fight, and it's no coincidence that the Bruins come back and win this game. Because everybody on the bench is thinking, wow, this guy, just, you know, who knows what his brain has looked like for the last you know, month, right. and now he's going to drop the gloves and, and do this for us? Well, come on, guys, let's clean it up. You know, people be like, ah, that has no effect on the game. Yes, yes, it does. Absolutely, it does. So, I have I'm 100 percent on board that what McQuaid did last night totally turned the game around without well, a doubt. It, so it doesn't, you know, oh, the, the knuckle shot, whatever. Yeah, you know, it, they were still in the zone. They were, yeah. they were absolutely. They feed off of that energy. Okay, and I take it back to one, and it wasn't a fight, but why did Claude Julian start the fourth line against the Montreal Canadiens? In 2011. 2011, okay? Because he's the Fribble crew and he... <laughs> no, and then what happens? Thornton hits Subban that yeah. first shift. Boom. Lights up the garden. The team gets fired up off the bench, and the Bruins go on to win that game. No, there, there is a... There is something to that. And the, I mean, the Bruins started playing a lot better after that McQuaid fight last night. I think that... Absolutely. 
as the as everyone moves away from fighting and i'm not a fighting guy i'm on record of saying that which um gets some of the the wackos what if somebody uh, kissed you on the ice someone kissed kiss what if she would you look action he's got what does she look time. right exactly <laughs> that i'd be like we're in a relationship <laughs> no uh, you and marchy wait a minute you and marchy are in a relationship <laughs> <laughs> nah man we're friends um Anyway, um, what were we talking about? Didn't mean before? somebody. Oh, the, the fighting thing. Uh, somebody yeah. just made a point, by the way, that the Bruins won big last night. Maybe that's why so many people are in the chat. Maybe right because people don't. I don't think that people jump in after they lose. But uh, I think that as fighting gets more and more out of the game and advanced stats become more and more of a thing, there's a there's an obligation that I think stats people can feel to to be overly snarky and to be like, oh, you think that fighting is ever good ever? Haha, <laughs> this is proof that you're a really dumb person. And no, like there's there's two sides to that argument. I lean against fighting in hockey and thinking it has any sort of major impact, but the emotional part of hockey cannot be quantified. And we talked about this with Brad Marchand before the show started, believe it or not, before 7 a.m. we were still talking about hockey. Marshan's confidence is, in addition to, to getting power play time and uh, having great chemistry with Bergeron and all that stuff, his confidence right now, his willingness to keep the puck on his stick right now, is higher than we've ever seen it be at the NHL level. So there are intangible things that do go into hockey. So, yeah, did the McQuaid fight last night help the Bruins? Probably, I would say so. Yes, it did. I don't think that it is 1,000% the reason why they won the game, but it's part of why other things happened. So, yeah. And this is com- that's coming from a from a totally uh, well, anti-fighting, whatever you want to call it, kind of guy. Well, I don't want to turn this into a discussion about fighting, but there is a difference between what McQuaid did and got, like stage fighting. Stage fighting has no place in the game. I mean, that was... You know, that was the 80s and, and prior to that, you know. But I don't think if you have a guy like Adam McQuaid who everybody in that room loves that guy, you're not going to find one person in that room that dislikes anything about Adam McQuaid. You're probably not going to find anybody in the guy league. Guy very high character. Right. You're not going to find anybody in the league that dislikes him, okay? But. Maybe Antoine Roussel. <laughs> yeah, Roussel. Right. Yeah, maybe, maybe after the fact. But, you know, maybe today he shot him a text. Like, hey, nice job. You know, right. I don't know. But. He's out for that long with that concussion. He comes back. He does what he does. They absolutely fed off that. And you know, advanced stats and analytics and all that other stuff, you, you're right. You can't quantify what, how a team feeds off of that. And you know that they go in the room and they're all fired up about it. And it, it, it absolutely – you know what? We, too bad uh, the team – who knows what time the team arrived back in Boston last night, even if they did come back. I don't even know if they stayed over, but you – know, wouldn't mind having Andy Brickley on today to, mm. to get his take on that because, you know, I, I'm almost willing to bet that, you know, Brick would probably say, yeah. you know, say the same thing. And Jack probably would too. And, and Claude, Claude might not say it on the record, but, you know, when the recorders are off, he's probably saying, yep, absolutely, we fed off of what Adam, you know, Adam did last night. So I, I have no issue with that type of fighting in the game because I think it has a genuine effect on the team's performance after that and you know i don't know maria we promise we'll get to you at the top of the next segment also lined up on the uh call line we we see you jd elliot 
uh, Turk, Carla. We'll get to all of you next uh, Sunday skate on WEI.